Hello and welcome to the Exit Velo Podcast. I am your host, Henry, joined here with Adam and Hugh. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit of first base tonight, giving you our top 10 at the position. Uh, but before we jump into that, I just want to uh, remind all of our viewers to please be safe uh, with all the all the things going on with the coronavirus. Uh, please just you know exercise caution and social distancing and all of that. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to talk about baseball because we know that you guys are just dying to to hear about some sports. That there's nothing on TV right now, so we're looking to to fill that void in your life, hopefully. Uh, fellas, how are we doing tonight? Doing good, man. We better be, be safe here? because it's St. Patrick's Day, not because of the coronavirus. Drink safe. Be <laughs> safe. Happy St. Patty's Day. Let's talk baseball. That is a good point, too. Uh, well, maybe we'll be safe for both of those reasons. Uh, sure. But yes, happy sure. happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, have a beer. Drink responsibly, if that's your kind of thing. Uh, if not, that's cool, too. But let's jump right into it. Uh, guys, who is just outside of your top ten, your your honorable mention at the position, if you will? I got a couple guys for you, and I know we should have two, but it's really hard because a couple of these guys are very close to the top ten. I really like Christian Walker, who did a great, great job replacing Paul Goldschmidt last year for the Diamondbacks. Reese Hoskins has a crazy amount of walks. He might even be a top ten to some people. Uh, he had over 110 walks last season. Luke Voigt was an all-star before he had that sports hernia last season. So all three of those guys can easily crack the top ten by the end of the year. Yeah, my honorable mention is Reese Hoskins. His walks are amazing. He garnered 116 last year. His average is just terrible. He batted 226. Hopefully adding DD and a better just productive year for the Phillies will make that average go up because he is a powerful man. I think those are some strong picks. Uh, I think a lot of people might be surprised to hear Reese Hoskins out of the top 10, but I think I, I mean, I I do, I rank him at 10 uh, sneak peek, but so I'm not far away from you guys. I think a lot of people have a perception of him of being better than he is. Maybe just because he burst on the scene, hitting all those home runs a couple years ago. Uh, but yeah, the average is concerning. But for me, honorable mention is Yuli Gurriel. Uh, always been a steady defender, and you see he's a versatile defender too, and that he can play third base as well. Uh, but the bat kind of broke out last year. He saw Homer uh, Homer surge with 31, and then 104 RBIs to go with it. The batting average has been over 290 each of the last three seasons. That kind of sounds like a guy who maybe I'm uh, sleeping on at honorable mention, but there are some strong players ahead of him. So let's let's get let's get to it, guys. Who do you rank at number ten, Adam? Well, you already kind of gave it away there, Henry, unintentionally, of course. But I have Yuli Gurriel, and <laughs> I've seen him quite frequently face off against the Yankees. And I'll tell you guys something: he can hit the ball inside better than anybody in baseball. He ranks even near Mookie Betts, I would say, hit the ball inside. He has that good bat speed, and I know that 31 home runs looks like a big jump, and it looks like regression. 
and especially because he had 18 or homers or less in the last couple seasons. But I believe that power is here to stay, and it's not only because of the whole home run increase either. You guys got Yuli a little low. I got Olsen right here. He is Oof. coming hot. He hit a lot of home runs last year, 36 taters to be exact, 91 ribbies. He drew 51 walks. That lineup, that young talent is going to get better and better. I just look at Yuli Gurriel and Olsen, and I think Yuli Gurriel is a little bit better right now. But that might be due to the Astros lineup. We'll get into that. Well, I I don't want to debate with you here, Q. I would never want to get into that. But I don't know. I think you might have Matt Olson a little bit low if if we're talking about guys. I will I will get into that. Do not worry. Do not worry. Let's 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 keep going. Come on. All right, all right. Yeah, that's true. We got a lot of players uh, to cover. I mentioned that I do have Reese Hoskins as my number ten. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, he's a good power bat and a good lineup that's going to let him put up a, a lot of counting stats, certainly, and, and a lot of home runs as well, you would think. But the average is concerning. That's, that's what it all comes back to for Hoskins. Moving forward, Adam, who do you have at number nine? This might be a surprise to some people, but I have Carlos Santana. And Santana's always been a pretty solid first baseman. Draws his walks. Has pretty decent pop, has pretty pretty decent fielder, and he really broke out last season. And we will probably see some regression. Probably not exactly a 900 plus OPS, but he can probably be a little bit better than his former self. And I think he's found rejuvenation in his 30s now. I have him way higher. I'm gonna have to go Goldie at number nine. I did say he had a lot of regression. He's getting older. But I look at his numbers, they're still good. 34 home runs, 155 hits, 97 ribbies, 78 walks. His average is something to note. He is a career around 300 or 280s hitter. He dropped down to 260 last year, but he's still a damn good player. Adam, I'll start with you. I am not surprised to hear you say Carlos Santana at number nine because I actually have Carlos Santana at number nine myself. Uh, So I think that's a very astute pick uh, of you, I must say. (laughs) Uh, Q, I am not surprised to hear Paul Goldschmidt at nine, but 2018 me would be very surprised to hear Paul Goldschmidt at nine. My, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, He goes from a guy that we may have listed as number one on this list. We probably would have for years and years to where he's just not that good anymore. Yeah, just father time. But let's keep it going. Yeah, and uh, that's a good segue. I'll I'll just tell you my number eight. Uh, That is Paul Goldschmidt. And I, I was not a glowing endorsement. Uh, but the end-of-season numbers did end up looking not too terrible uh, for Goldschmidt last year. I believe it was around 30 homers. I think he got to 100 RBI, too. I'm sorry, I should know that off the top of my head. Pulling up his baseball reference as we speak, it was 34 homers, 97 RBI, a 260 average. Which is not a bad season, but you know the standard that he set uh, for himself is, is much higher, and he has declined in a terrible first half for Goldschmidt. But that's enough for me. Adam, who's your number eight? I like Jose Abreu, and 
it's interesting because unlike a lot of these first basemen, Abreu doesn't really have too much high of a ceiling. He's he's more consistent than anything else. And consistency isn't bad. There's a reason why I have him at number eight. He has 30-plus home runs, usually around 100 RBIs, usually an average of 270 and above, but he doesn't walk. He doesn't field well at his position, so and he doesn't really have room to grow to too much either. So I think he's perfectly placed at number eight. Well, getting back to Yuli, you guys are going to come at me, but I want to note he struck out 65 times only last year. He had 31 home runs and 104 RBIs. Until I see him strike out a lot more, he can definitely rank it eight, maybe even seven, but he'll be my eighth pick. Yeah, I think that's a really great point about Yuli there. That's something I hadn't really looked at in his profile. By contrast, uh, Adam was talking about Jose Abreu, so I have his baseball reference page open. He struck out 152 times last year, so that's almost three times uh, what Yuli did at the plate. And I think that's uh, part of that is uh, his approach. Like Adam, you said, Abreu is a little bit free-swinging up there, which can hurt him at times, and that does limit his ceiling. I think that's another great point, and that's not an argument that I've really heard very much about Abreu I think most people think that he is pretty good, and he is. He's pretty steady and consistent, but you know, I've never really thought about that, that kind of a limited ceiling, that there's not a whole lot growth of uh, room for growth there. And yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sold on it. Appreciate it. But uh, so you heard my eight with Goldschmidt, uh, and then let's move forward. Adam, drop some knowledge on us. Who's your number seven? So this might be more nostalgia than anything else, but Goldschmidt's my number seven. All things considered, it could be because it was his first year with the Cardinals and he just got this major extension. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but if he can go back to bring that average a bit up to that 280-plus mark, his power still there. Maybe he'll get a boost from the home runs and all that stuff, and he's still the best hitter in the Cardinals. He doesn't have as much protection as he used to. If you come back to stealing base a bit, too, that could certainly help. So just because he's had this agreed success so much in the last decade, like you mentioned. I am being a little bit hopeful for him, but still putting him at number seven. That's a good pick. At seven, I have Max Muncy. He has some great numbers, and I know there's a little debate. We're going to put the disclaimer here. Bellinger is not on this list. We qualified him as an outfielder, so don't you know comment or say anything. Muncy is the first base for this discussion. He had 35 home runs. And, oh, got, get in there, Henry. You got it. You got it. No, I was just going to say, he did play 60 games at first base for the Dodgers last year. So I think he's got a, a stronger claim to the position than some others. But please continue, Q. Thanks for having my back. 35 dingers, 98 RBIs, 90 walks. He also had 101 runs scored. Adam brought up a great point when we were talking. He seems like a big dude, a powerful man. He's pretty nimble. Right, Adam? Yeah, he's like a cat. He's, he's very athletic. He's a big yeah, you got to like big guys, big guys that can move around like that. It's, it's inspiring for, for the average sports fan who may be a little heavier <laughs> set themselves to have dreams of what we can go out and accomplish in our sport endeavors. Max Muncy, you are an inspiration to us all, 
And that's why I rank you at number seven as well. Thank you, Q, for bailing me out there. I thought that I was going to be the low guy on Max Muncy when we hadn't heard his name yet. So thank you for that. Oh, no problem. My list gets crazier and crazier, so we're just getting started. (laughs) And we do see a lot of overlap here. I think for the most part, uh, we have the same 10 or 12 uh, guys, including our honorable mentions, but there is a little bit of disagreement in, in just where we rank them. Uh, so I think we'll see that as we go along. Adam, you, I take it you must be higher on Muncie. I don't want to take away from, from what is to come, but maybe, uh, maybe we'll see here at number six. Adam, who you got? So Muncie is on the list, but I do have a bit higher than that. I, for number six, I do have Josh Bell. And he really, really busted it open last season. I believe he had 37, 38 home runs. And he could easily be a top four, top five first baseman in the league. But I want to see what he can do over a full season. He had a pretty poor second half. But that first half is electric. And it's not every day you have to see a potent switch hitting first baseman. And I I used to see someone like that a lot for the Yankees and Mark Deshera. And I just love Bell's big swing. And I believe he can hit 40-plus home runs in a full season. Well, that's a little low for Bell. We'll get into that. At six, I got Henry's man, Anthony Rizzo. He's a great ball player. Nice lefty. He hits at Wrigley. He hits for average. He hit about 290, 293 to be exact last year. Drew 71 walks, 94 ribbies. A little low at 27 homers. He still had 150 hits. I expect a better year from Rizzo this year. Now, uh, I slightly disagree with each of you. I'm a little bit higher on both Bell and Rizzo. Um, but, I, yeah, switch hitter with, with Bell, that is another thing that I really love about him too, Adam. That's kind of a dying art in today's game. Uh, but he's got all the power in the world uh, in that bat, especially from the left side uh, of the plate. He, you know, the one thing that really holds me back from from loving him more is the Pirates are just so bad, man. <laughs> and I know that that doesn't that shouldn't impact like my evaluation of him as an individual, but I don't know, just the, the stink around him kind of lingers when I start thinking about Josh Bell. You and like Q, Garrett Cole, uh, right? You like Garrett like, Cole now? Ah, uh, okay. That's, when he was all scurvy <laughs> on the Pirates, and he, you guys weren't loving him. <laughs> yeah, I, he. I didn't like him as much when he was on the Pirates, so maybe that's that's part of that too. He also wasn't as Q, good when on the Pirates too. That's true. Yeah, the the Astros worked their magic with the spin rate and the other Astros <laughs> voodoo and cheating that that we've now discovered. Uh, but I'm gonna rebuttal on Anthony Rizzo here in a little bit, Q. But I want to wait. Uh, I'll, 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 you'll have to wait quite a bit because he's pretty high on my list. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll have you know. Yeah. Uh, if you guys don't know already, I, I am a bit of a homer. I can admit that. But Anthony Rizzo's a beast. I'll tell you why here in a little bit. Uh, number six for me, though, is Matt Olson. You guys have talked about him already. That's another great power hitter and has great uh, great approach at the plate. He takes a lot of walks as well which you would think would help his batting average a little bit more than uh, than it has so far early in his career. But I think, you know, like we talked about with uh, Jose Abreu, how he kind of has a limited ceiling, 
I think that raises Matt Olsen's ceiling to where we could see a pretty legitimate breakout here uh, in this season, perhaps. And he did raise that average to 267 last year, up from 247 the year before. So Matt Olsen, he's going to hit a lot of bombs, uh, and it should be a pretty good lineup to help his counting stats. And I believe Matt Olsen is a pretty strong defensive player too if I'm if I'm not mistaken I believe at, at the very minimum above average at the position is he nimble like Muncie like a cat or <sighs> he's lanky but he's I'm... very athletic okay so he's not like a cat okay. no All right. All right. more like a giraffe <laughs> okay, okay. gazelle a gazelle <laughs> I like giraffes <laughs> All right, Gazelle is way more like athletic animal to use as a comparison. Thank you for bailing me out there, Adam. No problem. Uh, Adam, why don't you bail me out and give me your number five at the position? So I'm going to bail you out here, Henry. I have Anthony Rizzo, and I love Rizzo. I think he's a natural-born leader. I love him in that leadoff role. I mean, Bryant might take over for him there this season, but Rizzo's a stud, and he's an unconventional type first baseman. He won't blow you by with 40-plus home runs, but he can sure as heck get 30. And he can drive in a lot of runs, get a fair share of walks, and play a really good first base. So just with his consistency, I'm going to put him at number five. All right, this is where my list gets all crazy. Number five, I got Carlos Santana. I know you guys said, oh, it was a fluke year. But think about the Indians and the injuries they had. Lindor really wasn't himself. Jose Ramirez wasn't really himself. And look at the numbers he put up. He had 110 runs scored. He had 161 hits, 93 RBIs, 34 taters, and 108 walks. He also batted nearly 300, the upper 280s. Until I see something else, he has to be up there. And if Lindor and Ramirez play better, that's a direct correlation for me. Well, Adam, obviously, I do love Anthony Rizzo, and that feels a little bit better to hear him in the top five than Q placing him at six. Uh, Carlos Santana is is a little bit of a bold pick in the top five. I got to say, Q. I'm bold. uh, You are bold. In a word, my friend, you are bold. Uh, But the thing I don't love about Santana so much is he does have a great approach to the plate, takes a lot of walks. The batting average kind of fluctuates a lot year over year. We've seen him at 230. We've seen him at 280 last year. We've seen him at 260. So who knows which which version of Carlos Santana we see next year. The power has been better for him in recent seasons. I will give you that. Hitting taters, as you said, Q. Uh, but my number five is a guy that we have already discussed uh, at a pretty good length in Jose Abreu. So I'll spare you and giving you any more Jose Abreu uh, talk for the time being. Let's move forward and hear your number fours, gentlemen. Well, this might be a bit too high, but I am really riding the Max Muncie train. And everyone was saying that his 30-plus home runs was a fluke a couple years ago, but then he did it again. And no one expects him to play second base, but he's actually an above-average fielder. Now he'll be back in this more comfortable position at first base, and he has all the power in the world. He has a lot of flair, too. I remember a couple Madison Bumgarner moments between him and Matt Muncy, and maybe we'll still get to see that, that interdivisional rivalry. So he has a lot of talent, and I think he's just getting started, too. He could be even a little better. 
Was Max Muncie the, like, go and get it out of the water? Was that him? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. Damn, I might have to move him up a couple <laughs> spots off that one. Well, on to my shaking things up a little more. I got number four, Jose Abreu. You guys are going to call me crazy. The White Sox got a whole lot better this year. And I just want to look at his numbers last year. He had 33 home runs, batted 284. He knocked in 123 RBIs. His walks are a little scary at 36. And he had 180 hits. The dude is a first baseman and almost got 200 hits. The team just got way better, revamped. His stats are going to correlate. And you're going to see him in the discussion as the top five first baseman. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I like Jose Abreu too. And that team did get a lot better. Uh, Hopefully the White Sox are able to at least fill their stadium to 50% capacity or so. So have a little bit of a crowd to enjoy it. Uh, Sorry, I had to take a little dig at the White Sox there. Let them know (laughs) who's boss in uh, Chicago and who can actually sell tickets. Um, but yeah, the team got better and Jose Abreu has been a, a consistent rock for that team. So I think he is, uh, good for him as much as it pains me to say something nice about the White Sox. Good for him to be, have a better outlook here. Maybe get to be a part of a, of a division run, but number four for me, Josh Bell, uh, who we've discussed already as well. A lot of power plays for a terrible team. Uh, kind of limits his ceiling as far as counting stats and maybe like an MVP race discussion because they are going to be bad, folks. Uh, but number three, who we got, boys? This might seem too high for you, but I also really like Matt Olson. Q, you mentioned he had 36 home mm. runs, but he is also nasty with the glove. In in three years, I could see this. But right this year, maybe not. But I, I see what you see. I understand maybe the offense isn't there yet, and it doesn't compare as much to other first basemen, like my number two pick who he will eventually get to. But his defense, literally one of the best defensive players in baseball. And I know he's at first base, but if you're an above-average defender at any position, it helps. And he is probably by far the best defensive first baseman. So that certainly helps. And if his power keeps growing, he's young. That can definitely put him in that top three position, which I think he can be heading to the 2020 season. I got Josh Bell. He is on an absolutely buns team, but his numbers are through the roof. (laughs) Who's batting in front of him? Who's batting behind him? Marte's gone now, but he's putting up numbers, folks. 37 dingers, 116 RBIs, 150 hits around, 74 walks, and very respectable 277 average. And he is the lone switch hitter we're talking about here. Actually, wait. Um, Santana is also a switch hitter as well. But Bell is a better one. <laughs> yeah, Adam, uh, I think you bring up great points about Matt Olson. Uh, you kind of forget that he is only going to be 26 this season. I, I feel like he's older than that. So, yeah, definitely uh, a young guy there who could still take some steps forward. Kind of the same thing with Josh Bell, but Q, you're right too. He is limited by that lineup. Kind of scared that opposing pitchers aren't going to have to really throw to him because you're right, who's in front of him, who's behind him. It's it's nobody's all around in Pittsburgh other than Josh Bell. Where uh, so he, he go might... after this? Imagine that. 
Yeah, that'll that'll be interesting to see. If he keeps hitting home runs like this, he'll have no shortage of suitors and free agency. Um, but, you know, something else we should say about Josh Bell before we move on. Adam, I'm not sure if you touched on this or not already, but the second half for him was pretty bad last year. In the first half, he was like the pretty best much. hitter in baseball, other maybe say – other than Cody Bellinger, maybe, but yeah, it kind of kind of fell apart down the stretch. That happens when you got some scallywags <laughs> batting in front of you and behind. Hey, at least you have Brian Reynolds. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. But no one behind him. Marte, I like. Well. Yeah, no yeah. <laughs> perhaps a uh, case of the scurvy <laughs> down the stretch yes, for yes. for Josh but my number three, uh, you know him, you love him, perhaps not as much <laughs> as I do, Anthony Rizzo. And I wish I wanted to put him higher, but I'm already going to get called a homer for having him at three. So I figure I'll, I'll meet you guys in the middle. But Rizzo gives you the same thing year after year. And Q, you said it that you know, he's not going to give you 40 homers. But he could give you 30. He can give you a round there. And he does give you right about 30 every year. The batting average is consistent. One of the best on-base percentage first baseman in all of baseball. One of the best defenders. Yeah, great and a great leader. Great, great clubhouse guy. And plays for an amazing team, amazing franchise with amazing whoa, whoa, fans whoa, whoa, who whoa, make whoa, amazing whoa. podcasts. Wait, it is St. Patrick's Day. Cut them all. Cut them all. Oh. I – oh. Uh. I'm just I'm going to move forward from that one. I love Anthony Rizzo. You guys know I do. Uh, but number two, the top two. And from here on out, it may be uh, a lot of overlap, fellas. Who's number two? I have to say Pete Alonso. As much as I want to put a number one, believe me, I do. And as painful as it is that he broke Judge's home run record last year, he's, uh, he's very deserving of it. I just want to see how hard the regression curve will hit him. I don't think it's be that much. I think he still had 40-plus home runs, but he, I just want to see what he does in his sophomore season, and then I'll be ready to put him at number one. But until then, I'm firmly satisfied with him at number two. I got Freddie Freeman as number No, I'm kidding. Pete Alonso is number two. <laughs> he hit the home run record. He's a beast. He's my favorite player. The ball jumps off his bat. I've never seen a ball rocket off someone's bat like Pete Alonso. Just like Henry is in love with Anthony Rizzo, I'm in love with Pete Alonzo. <laughs> Adam might be in love with Matt Muncy. I don't know. But <laughs> who do you got, Henry? I do have Pete Alonzo, number two, and I wanted to do Rizzo, but I just couldn't. I mean, how do you argue with a rookie who hit 53 home runs? Well, I'll tell you how you argue with said rookie. Uh, the splits were not... I mean, he was, he's, don't get me wrong, he wasn't bad in the second half, but he wasn't as good as he was in the first half. He does strike out a lot, and he goes from a 280 hitter in the first half to a 235 hitter in the second. Granted, the power was still there, so that's one thing that concerns me about Alonzo, but I mean, come on, the guy hit 53 home runs in his rookie yeah, season. Forget I a still cat only. Or a giraffe. Uh, he's a polar bear. <laughs> Ice cold. <laughs> And he's uh, Pete Alonso is twenty five already. Seems a little bit old for a rookie, but certainly uh, not an old man by any stretch of the imagination. So certainly some uh, some room for growth there, you would think. Uh, I, if I may say real quick, when I started thinking about Pete Alonso splits, that uh, reminded me of Josh Bell splits. 
to which I wanted to say that he played for the Splitsburg <laughs> Pirates. Hey. Um, sorry, yeah, I just I like just wanted that. to get like that, that in real Total quick. <laughs> I couldn't let it pass. Wait, I'm sorry. Who, who's number one? <laughs> well, I think that that leaves one guy that we're all uh, in agreement here. Adam yeah, Lee, do the honors. We might as well say this in unison, folks. It is Freddie Freeman. Freddie! Yeah, Freddie Freeman! He is just excellent. He's been... I know that you're in love with Anthony Rizzo there, Henry, but I think Freeman's just as consistent. With all my heart. And he has room to grow, too. He is... Him and Acuna are really the leaders of this Atlanta Braves team, and he really can hit 40-plus home runs. He's excellent. Plays great defense, great leader, and until Alonso surpasses him, he's my number one. Why is... He better than Alonzo. He hits the ball to all fields with power. Alonzo can do that, but Freeman is an artisan at hitting the ball to right field, left field, center field. You can't pitch him in one zone. He is absolutely a dynamic, quintessential hitter. If I'm starting a franchise, it's ironic. I'd either start it with Acuna or Freddie Freeman. Well, I got to tell you, fellas, they ought to call him Freddie Freeway because that's how far he hits the baseball. You're on fire tonight, Henry. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I promise, folks, it has not been that fun of a St. Patrick's Day so far. Uh, but Freddie Freeman, he is a great guy, uh, a, a great baseball player, I should say. The model of consistency, as Adam said, year after year, giving you a – 300 average and the power has really been a nice surprise uh in these in these last couple seasons for Freddie Freeman hitting 38 home runs last year and uh having being on pace for that in 2017 hitting 34 in 2016 the power did dip a little bit in 2018 but hey the guy batted 309 still and had 44 doubles so still power even if it's not uh clearing the fence power He's a beast. Great defense. Uh, just great all-around player. But now that we have gotten through the top ten, fellas, I meant to lead off the show by asking this, but I'll, I'll get in the last word at the end here. Who are a couple rookies that you all like at the position, or just, just one rookie that you I'm like at the position? I'm a big fan of Luan Diaz. He's on the Miami Marlins. He'll clearly get a shot soon enough. He had 27 home runs across three levels, made it to double A, and hit for average too. Hit over about 300 in double A, and he seems like the real deal and could be a cornerstone player for the Marlins. I got Ryan Mountcastle on another <laughs> terrible team, the Baltimore Orioles. He was a first-round pick. I'm going to leave it at this. He's a big man, and the ball go far. Henry? Well, I'm sticking with the theme, guys. I'm taking another prospect on a terrible team. That is Evan White of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, and I think being on a terrible team does help because we'll see these guys have a chance to play more uh, early and often. But Evan White is kind of an outside-the-box first baseman, a little unconventional, and that he doesn't have a whole lot of power. But he's super athletic and a great defender, so much so that some scouts speculate he may eventually move to the outfield, maybe even play center field. Uh, but he also went to the University of Kentucky I'm probably not helping, not helping my case for being a homer. Uh, but guys, the podcast as a whole is unbiased. Please do not hold my actions against the rest of these analysts. Please hold me to them, please. You can hold hold me accountable, but don't punish Q and Adam for for my un uh, un 
unfair or not unfair, unrelenting love of my team that maybe bias creeps in sometimes. Uh, but fellas, thank you uh, for joining me tonight to talk about first base. That is great. Uh, just to be thinking and and talking about sports in a time where there's so much you know anxiety, so much fear going on, and it is a really serious and dire situation. Uh, but I think it's good to be able to step away from that for a little bit and to talk a little bit of sports, uh, talk about things that, that make us happy and certainly that give us hope for the future. So, fellas, thank you so much. And everybody, please stay tuned for, for some more top 10 position previews. Hey.